again to the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I absolutely hate to wake you from your boredom-induced nap. (laughs) (laughs) But if if you were watching uh, Elimination Chamber, even though some of the results were to my liking, that crowd in Philly absolutely put my skinny white ass to sleep. <laughs> I thought it was just oh, I thought it was just God. me. They, they were terrible. And you know what? When when they when they were awake, it sounded so forced. Like this is awesome. Oh I'm like, God. shut up. No, it isn't. You you might as well have told me that Natalia's promo talking about Beth and Edge being her best friends and her family was awesome. No, it wasn't. It was my designated fucking bathroom break. I didn't say it was awesome. I said it was awful. No, no, I know what you said. I'm, I'm, oh. just, saying, I'm just saying it. Them, say, them saying that the, the match was awesome is like <laughs> it's like saying that segment was awesome. And that, oh my no. god, that was brutal. <laughs> no, <laughs> that crowd, um, that crowd was so was so terrible. It was it was terrible the entire night, and um. You know, and for instance, I'm very glad that we that we got what we wanted with with Shayna Baszler winning. However, that being said, and I'm not I'm not blaming uh, Shayna Baszler for this, much like I'm not blaming her for her her match on Raw uh, with Asuka being a complete shit show. Um, but that was quite possibly the I'm not even gonna say quite possibly it was. The worst chamber match I have ever seen, and and it it was it was it was booked like it needed to be, but the, the crowd just fucking killed it. And I have to say, what what was up with Asuka and all that screaming when she was inside the pod? Well, well, she was trying to like you know, I guess psych herself or Sheena Baszler up or out. Yeah, or, but but I mean but that was that was, that was just wow. Her whole her whole screaming in Japanese just it doesn't work for me. I know um, that's what I'm saying. Like what yeah, was it, going on there? It, it's very it's very awkward. Um, but with that being said, we will try to. Uh, to uh, take you out of your coma, I I almost, I almost tweeted I, I tweeted out something like Philly's putting me to sleep, but I, I literally I literally wrote on my Twitter uh, and then I deleted it because I figured you know I'm not gonna say that, but I I literally typed out on my Twitter, Phil, Philly is putting me to sleep faster than Advil PM. <laughs> 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 All right, so what do you say we get into uh, this review? Elimination Chamber 2020. Oh God, let's 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 go. <laughs>
card in front of me, and um, we're gonna let's see how we did on this uh, pay per view. I, I think I think we only missed one prediction, and that was actually a, a, a match result that I wanted, uh, but I wasn't expecting, and that was the that was this uh, three on one handicap match with uh, Sami Zayn becoming the Intercontinental Champion. I think that's the only one we missed. All right, so let's see what we have here. First of all, on the kickoff, there was one match. The Viking Raiders defeating Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> I, I, really, I mean, just move along. No wonder that was on the kickoff show. So in the opening match, now you we had Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. You picked Daniel Bryan to win, as did I. Well, and, and let me tell you something. That match was awesome. No complaints there. Um, other than the fact that I was legitimately concerned for Daniel Bryan's health on multiple occasions. Oh, I saw, I saw when, he, when he when he got dropped on his head. Holy jeez. Um, well, there there was there was that one. Yeah. And then there, there was also the, uh, the first. There, there were three suplexes mm-hmm. that scared the hell out of me. The the worst one being the second one. Is that um, is that to the outside? No, no, that was that was. The first one where he got dropped to the outside over over the top rope. Right. You should have seen his back after he bounced off the rope to the floor. They were doing close up to that. Like, ugh. His okay. back looked his back looked like a meat grinder. Um and then the the second one, which is the one that everyone, including myself, was tweeting about, um, was the German suplex where he landed directly on his on his head and neck mm-hmm. that was nasty that was like that was like Taz dropping Sabu on his head level nasty in my opinion uh, I don't know if you remember that one but it, I was having flashbacks um, but and then the uh, the third one which was the uh, which was the uh, front facing uh, suplex off of the top rope um that, that that one was that one was pretty nasty as well. So hopefully uh Daniel Ryan came out of it all right. Um you know I'm I'm expecting Drew Gulak will get a talking to backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I know these things happen, but like given the fact that it was Daniel Bryan, oh my god, I think the entirety of the wrestling community was holding its breath on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go on. I was going to say that, like, this was an awesome match. And if you weren't a fan of Drew Gulak before, you better wake your ass up now. (laughs) 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 Because that boy can can go. I don't necessarily uh, hate him. I actually like him. I just wish they would actually use him better than they do and not just bring him up to the main roster to waste him the way they're doing. Well, it goes back. It goes back to what we said on on last night's show, which, which if you haven't heard it, ladies and gentlemen, it was uploaded earlier this afternoon. So yep. I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life if you <laughs> haven't seen that yet. Um, but uh, like I always say in our tagline uh, here on P- the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, if you can't find us, you're lying because we're everywhere. So get off your ass and actually do something useful. <laughs> um, I, I'm kidding. I I, I kid out of love. 
Um, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a good first match, and then and then the evening kind of took a dive off of it. All place. right, that brings us to our second match: Andrade going in as the United States champion, defending against Humberto Carrillo, defeating Humberto Carrillo, and uh, so that's two predictions we got correct. Well, and, and to me, this this was a this was a no shit kind of scenario. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a it was a bad match. It's just me personally, uh, and this might also have to do with his age and the and the fact that he looks like such a white meat baby face, and and the fact that he was once dressed like a power like a Power Ranger and an Ultimate Dragon put together. Um, I cannot take. Um, Carrillo seriously, and a lot of that isn't necessarily his fault because it's just the way that he was. But I said I said it on last night's show. They book him like a jackass. It's gotten to, it's gotten to the point where it's not it's not viable. It's not I can't buy it if that's a win because they've just buried him. So you know uh, I wasn't at all surprised that. Andrade got got the victory there. And then we have our first of two chamber matches for the tag team championships. The Miz and Sean Morrison going in defending against New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Miz and Morrison retaining their championships. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, Knowing how WWE books, you know, I, I kind of figured that this was going to be the case. Uh, let me let me um, let me point out a few things, and I, I think you know where where I'm going with this. Uh, number no, no, number one, the the spot with uh, with Lince Dorado uh, doing uh, doing that huge. Uh, um, Flip off the cage. Um, yeah. That was that was just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, I I found it I found it hilarious uh, in a, a couple of different ways. One, it's like how did like how did he get up there? Meanwhile, you you, you didn't see him climb all the way up. But like, you know, no, you know what? Um, I I saw him on top of one of the pods, but then that's it. The camera uh, moved away from that. So like that was right, where he went right, after but that. Then but then I don't know. I don't know if you caught this, but like um, Otis was looking up, going. Oh, I think I did. Lindsay, you know. I saw this part. Yeah, I saw him like they momentarily uh, pan to the top of the cage. You could see him crawling across uh, to the center, the center of the chamber. Yeah. But, and you know that that was a that was a really cool spot, but it's like I don't I don't understand why why they do these cool spots and then the the people that did them automatically get eliminated. So, and again, the crowd was dead for this, weren't they? The I mean, the crowd was completely it, dead the, the entire night. Like even for a spot like that, then the crowd just sits there like. I just don't. I just don't understand it. Um, you know, and, and the other, the other spot which I actually thought was cool because uh, I've never seen it before was um, was uh, Otis going through the pod, 
through the cage and all the way to the floor. Yep. Uh, I've never really seen that before, but um, I thought I thought Tucker uh, did a really nice job of of like selling that and like getting pissed and and that's what ended up costing them the match. So, you know, unlike unlike the Lince Dorado spot where it was obvious that he was gonna get taken like lose after he did that, it was it was actually logical how Wait um, no Tucker's looking down at orders like, Oh just get up. Yeah, and the fact that he got pissed off and it played into the ending. Uh, that part made sense. He'll turn. Um, maybe uh, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I want. I want to. I want. I want to see how this. How this storyline with um, with uh, Mandy Rose ends because I'm. Th- I'm thinking maybe it was a. Uh, maybe it was Tucker that sent the text or whatever. So. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. So I, I don't know. Mm. But um. But that that being that being said, here's how I would have booked it, and here's why. Even though we got it right on the prediction part, mm-hmm. this this is what I what I what I hate because see there are two ways that you you could book, you could have booked this, and the first one would have been heavy heavy machinery wins, uh, set, setting setting up. A grudge match at at WrestleMania between uh, between uh, heavy heavy machinery and uh, and Ziggler and Rude, and somehow Mandy Rose gets involved and you know goes one way or the other, or um or like the way that, the way that I would have done it is I would have had Ziggler and Rude win. The tag team titles tonight, which which then adds to the so not only is heavy machinery and Otis chasing Mandy Rose, but they're also chasing the tag team titles going into Mania, set that up, and the story sells itself because because this is the one story on SmackDown that most people are invested in the most. Okay. So that's automatic, but but they didn't do that, and I kind of knew that they weren't going to do that because I predicted that Mandy Morrison were going to win because WWE sucks. <laughs> uh, but there we go. And then, and then we go to match number five. It's Alistair Black defeating AJ Styles, and I called this one. I said we're going to see an appearance by The Undertaker, and we did. Uh, well, absolutely, and you'll 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 remember that I did too. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't hating on the result, but here's what I did hate, and it drove me absolutely nuts. Oh. I was I was fuming, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um. So this is supposed to be a no disqualification match, right? Sure. So why in the hell? Would you have the OC standing on the outside looking like a bunch of morons waiting around for 13 minutes with, and not doing anything? It, 
The, the only the only time he did anything was when the ref looked away. Uh, excuse me, moron. Uh, and you know, shout out, shout out to Luke Gallows. We actually have uh, you know mutual friends, as I said. So I'm not trying to in, insult him here, but they were booked like complete and absolute jackasses because um, the way that this should have been done is, you know, it's a new human. So that should have been done just for The Undertaker. It should have been a three-on-one assault through the entire match, and then and then the gong hits, you know, Undertaker and uh, Alistair Black clean house. Thereby giving Alistair Black the rub from The Undertaker. And then you have the choke slam to to um to Styles, and then Black gets the pin. I swear, you know what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that that one day where Triple H and Stephanie just do whatever the hell they want and uh, ignore what Vince uh, says. Well, he well, I I truly believe that Vince just. I said it last night. I and I feel like a broken record. He needs to go. He does not I know. get it anymore. I'm I'm saying I, I'm waiting for that day when like DJ, like he says something uh, he wants something done this way and Triple H and stuff. You just go the other way and do their own thing. I want that to happen. Yeah, I I do too. You know, I just I don't I don't get it. But you know, so I I dig the result, but it it the no the no DQ. Stipulation could have been used so much better and so much more logical if it's a three-on-one attack. Then, see, the Undertaker comes in and makes the save, and then you have, uh, then you have like a tag team match at Mania because no, nobody, including me, actually believes that that the Undertaker can deliver uh, a match worthy of. WrestleMania and AJ Styles anymore. He did because the last time we saw him, you know, was what was it? John's, you know, thirty second match with John Cena or whatever at WrestleMania. So it 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 just doesn't it just doesn't work anymore. So pr- protect him, and and that that's where they might be going with it, but. It just makes it makes a lot more sense if you did it the way I just laid it out. It's it's not to me. This is not rocket science. And yes, I I get I'm a fan, but I just I look at this shit and I'm like, I'm knocking at the door. Listen to me, you dumb fucks. You know, it, and it's like the simplest of logic does not compute. You know, so on we go to the to the next match before I have an aneurysm. <laughs> and the next one, it was the Rod Tag Team Champions of the Street Profits defeating Seth Rollins and Murphy with some help from Kevin Owens. Well, and and good. Good. Get off. Get off my. Get off my TV now. Says Rollins. <laughs> Amen. And I take just, and, and take that and take that stupid jacket with you. 
Yes. And take Buddy Murphy with you. Not Murphy. What the hell? I, you know what? What's the difference between Murphy and Buddy Murphy? Didn't they do this already once already? They cut his name down to one yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. they re, then they renamed him Buddy Murphy again. And now they cut, took it away again. Ugh, these motherfuckers! <laughs> it's just like it's just it's just like what 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 do they think that the fans are not capable of remembering multi-syllabic words? You know what? I'm God. God. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm taking your name away. Now, not you. You're not only as Pierce. Well, well, I can I can deal with that because Pierce actually sounds cool. It doesn't sound like it a, does. It's it's actually a, it's a, a first name too. It can be a first name too. Yeah, exactly. And it, 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 yeah, doesn't, it, just, it doesn't make me sound like a labradoodle. <laughs> but, but it's just stupid. Like, Murphy doesn't even sound like a cool name on its own. No, it, no, it doesn't. Like I said, it sounds like a labradoodle. <laughs> and then we have, uh, quite possibly the surprise of the night, Braun Strowman going in as the Intercontinental Champion, defending against Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn picking up the win and becoming the new champion. And and what did I what did I say last night? They did it exactly the way I said it, and it was great. Yep. Thank you, and you're welcome. He brought the championship back to Canada. Exactly. <laughs> yes, now, now you actually now you actually have a have a worthy wrestler uh holding a holding a holding a championship. Yeah, and, but you know, is it just is it just me or is Braun Strowman look awkward with that belt? Well well Braun Strowman they've made Braun Strowman look like a clown, uh, you know, from uh from from the get-go. As soon as soon as he Left the 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 Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Um, they have just slowly uh, made him look more and more like a clown. Especially this past Friday on SmackDown. Uh, we're gonna get into that. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Well, d- well, don't jump the gun here, Elio. We, it, we it, have a it, long on, on, on to the main event. Exactly. This was terrible. This was the second elimination chamber of the night. This was brutal. The Shayna Baszler defeating basically the the Riot Squad and Natalia and Asuka. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So I am absolutely 100% behind the results. Shayna Baszler needed to win. If she hadn't won, I would have I would have broke some technology. I would have thrown things. I would have had a oh, fit no. like a six-year-old. I, oh, no. I, I probably would have. I, <laughs> I, I had a pop tart. I would have thrown pieces of it at at the TV in protest. I have a box down. So do you want it? Absolutely. So I'm 100% uh, behind... Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, getting her getting her just do at WrestleMania, um, but once again, the I don't know what the hell was going on with this crowd in Philly. They <laughs> made the, they made the, these women look terrible, 
Yes. This, 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 this had to be the worst, second worst crowd next to Corpus Christi. Because they're known for being a terrible crowd. Yes, well, um, and, and clearly, um, because, um, you know, yes, was, was, was it, this was not a good Elimination Chamber match mm-hmm. at all. Um, but it, Shayna Baszler was dominant, but at the same time, she, it, it was just, it was stupid. And one of the things that I hated the most about it and what made it, uh, what made it really bad was not Shayna Baszler's dominance. It was, it was the, you know, the two, three minute long waits, um, while she was waiting for opponents to, to, come out of the out of the you know the pods the the one the one the one thing i hate actually um first of all oscar the one thing that really makes her look stupid is every time she yells easy peasy it's like she sounds so ridiculous oh my god and, no. you know, and, and here and here's here's the thing right so she Shannon Baszler, if if we actually go into to the match and and not the stupid lulls and the and the fact that the crowd was dead, yeah. um, so she, she eliminated Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot via coke out with it within the space of a probably less than a minute. I think I think thirty wow. seconds. I think 30 seconds is being generous. Wow. Right? And then uh, Natalia, who just consistently looks like a loser, uh, she she got taken out um, quite soon after that. And then (laughs) she's staring at at Liv Liv Morgan and Oscar waiting. This is is the second lull while she was waiting for a... uh, for the, one of the pods to open, and then poor Liv Morgan. How she doesn't have a a goddamn concussion? Oh, I being... saw that. When Shayna Baszler just like uh, swung her right into the chamber, into the cage. Well, one she got swung right into the right into the chamber. But the the worst one, because you could hear the thud, was when she got swung into the pod. I, I um, heard that. Yeah. You know, so, so much for. Uh, so much for protecting your talent from concussions. Jesus. Um, now, now, um, these pay-per-views usually, usually finish at uh, at 11 o'clock. This is how fast this match was because I, when as soon as it was over, I looked at my clocks. I was getting ready to boot up the computer and get ready for to the show, and it was 10:46. Yeah, well, and, and that's not right. Like. Like I said, I'm very happy that Shane and Baszler looked dominant, but just the 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 way that the that the match was laid out and the and the long stretches of inactivity and the, you know just now the other hold on, the other one killed the, the match in my the, opinion. The other thing that bothered me, right? Freaking, the the start of the match, you had Natalia and Ruby Ride starting out. Natalia yes. is terrible. Did you see when she had Ruby right on the outside, she was like trying to get her in the sharpshooter, and she was like yelling, screaming at her. Yeah. Oh I'm, my. You know what? Oh. 
you know what? I'm, 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 I know it sounds like an asshole thing, but I just, I'm completely done with, with Natalia. No, and so am I. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm just done with it. it like, I, I messaged, I messaged you, um, during the, during the show, I think during her promo where she was professing her love for Beth Phoenix. No, I'm the, I'm the one that messaged you. I said, is it just me or is uh, she terrible? No, no but then, 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 yeah, then, I, yeah, then you messaged me back. You back yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I said, you know, absolutely. This is, this is my designated bathroom break. Yup. Um, you know, but it just, uh, yeah, this, this elimination chamber didn't come off very well. Okay, you know what? We're gonna start. Is it, sorry, go on. Go is ahead. It just me or like, it, it felt like nobody from uh, from Philly knew who Asuka or Shayna Baszler was because it was just they were completely dead. No, no reaction whatsoever, and this was this was cringeworthy. Yep. Absolutely cringe. Oh. Um, so, what are we going to do? Um, go ahead. For for these uh, shows, we're going to start grading them. Like A, B, C, or D. Or F. So, what would you give this well, one? Uh, oh, God. C minus? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it a hundred. I'm gonna go with a D. There was just no effort put in by from, from into this show. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and trust me, I, I felt like this pay per view was completely uh, just, just unnecessary and it, it was a time filler. And it, it was it, it was just a money grab for the network. I you know it's just these people need to cut down on the number of pay per views because you just you do not have time to build compelling stories if you're constantly going pay per view to pay per view to pay per view. Now, in this in this particular instance. The uh, myself, along with a lot of uh, people, um, were just uh, wrestled out and completely WWE'd out because of the debacle that took place at the show that shall not be named uh, two weeks beforehand. You can't, I mean, you can't build a compelling pay per view, let alone. Uh, let alone the last stop on the, on the road to WrestleMania in terms of pay-per-views in two fucking weeks. I mean, this this was a complete afterthought on WWE's part, and it came off as such um, on the air. You know, am I happy that Sami Zayn won? Absolutely. I, I tweeted I tweeted out. I I can't believe this, but this is exactly what I wanted. I thought that was awesome. Shayna Baszler needed to win. I'm glad that they pulled the trigger on that. The match came off being stupid because how it was how it was paced and whatever. 
Um, but that, that that has nothing with with the talent. That, that has to do with how it, how it's how it's laid out from a time perspective. Um, I, you know, it, it it just it gets to the point, Elio, where between between what we've seen with with Goldberg and Bray Wyatt and a bunch of a bunch of other things that we'll, we'll get into as as the um, review rolls on for the weekly shows, I have I have very seldom been this unenthused about a WrestleMania build. As a matter of fact, the worst WrestleMania that I can remember. Oh, which one? For for me, uh, was WrestleMania twenty seven. Oh, okay. Um, that felt like a four-hour Monday Night Raw, and I was, I was just, I was getting ready to fucking just put myself to sleep. What, what um, was that again? Who was that? Twenty-seven. Um, that was the one where the Rock guest hosted it. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm thinking of John Cena and the Rock. That was uh, twenty-eight. That was twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's to me this is this is shaping up to be just absolutely atrocious. I I I I hope I'm wrong for the sake of the talent, but the way that this is the way that this is being booked is just it's an absolute joke, you know, because because. Now we'll now we'll switch over to the to the raw review because I I know that uh, you're getting ready to do that and before you uh, before you take your uh, before you take the ball and run with it um, I'm just gonna say that the only thing that I'm that I find compelling on Monday Night Raw is is Edge and Randy Orton storyline that's it. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we'll get into in the Monday Night Raw review. Absolutely. All right, so on to Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw this week came to us from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And we start out with a tag team championship match. The Street Profits defeating Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy to become the new champions. Well, and, and like, I, like I said, um, I was happy for the Street Profits. But the way it was done, with with no build and just no chase, and them looking like idiots and, and for months prior to this, it, to me it just came off flat, absolutely flat and uninteresting. Look what they uh, put the Viking Raiders through before they gave them tag team championship man, championship belts. 
Oh my god, they, they, they made them look like circus acts. And it's, it's, it's the same thing here. Then we have 24-7 champion Riddick Moss defeating oh, Ricochet. God. You know, I just, I could, I feel so bad for Ricochet. I, I really do. He bucked like a, like a, like a kindergartner. I mean, it's just, did you, and I know I mentioned this, but I, I can't get over this because it's, it's haunting my dreams. Did you see the ridiculous shorts he was wearing? Uh, no, I didn't. So they maybe, look, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. They looked like he was wearing like a, a combination of like a Speedo and like pajama pants. It was just absolutely absurd. <laughs> what the what the hell are they doing to this guy? Oh my god. And they gave this match eight minutes and thirty seconds. Oh boy, eight minutes and thirty <laughs> seconds of my life that I will never ever <laughs> and I mean ever get back. Next, Absolutely ridiculous. Next, we have Alistair Black defeating Carl Anderson. Five minutes and 45 seconds. Following that, he defeated Luke Gallows in three minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Well, let, let, me, let me just back you up a little bit. Okay. okay. This, was, this was supposed to be Alistair Black versus AJ Styles. Okay. So, and then he's like, oh, well, you didn't read the fine print. And actually, actually, you're going to take on Carl Anderson. Okay. Uh, he, 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 he goes through Carl Anderson. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, you're going to face Luke Gallows. So it's then, so it's the, one so of them. Then, then between, between Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, uh, Alistair Black was getting beat up, and it looked like he, he you know, he was selling a, a leg injury. So I'm like, oh god, here we go. Uh, and then you know, the the bullshit train just continues, <laughs> continues to roll, and it's like. We know that we know this is coming. We we know the horrible way in which the OC is booked. I mean, can you believe that this is the same group of people that took over in New New Japan? They they were they were killing it in ROH, and now they're just like comedy acts. And and for me personally, I have I have seen a Luke Gallows match. Up, clo up close and personal, I've I've announced his match uh, before. I have, uh, and I'll have to send send you this one link of a of a, of a match he did in uh, in the um, in the company that I'm associated with. This is several years ago. Okay. These he went to war with uh, with. A guy named uh, Jake the Machine Davis, and if you actually, if if you remember um, Luke's uh, Superstar Inc. episode, he actually mentions 
this guy and another another guy named uh, Brian Leatherman as as crediting them for helping him get started in the business. And th those are two of the guys that run this company that I'm associated with and I'm, I'm friends with. Okay. But my po my point being, um, you know, you watch that match. And you're not going to believe that this is the same guy that that is stuck doing this comedic bullshit. Uh, it, it's just I look I look at that match and I, I look at the match that I called, and I look at his matches in talking talking about both Carl Anderson and and Luke I was, and I, I see their matches in New Japan and ROH and how these guys are killers. And they're being reduced to this bullshit. Now, even they, they even made him look better um, than this when he was in the Straight Edge Society. Oh my! At least then he had some character development. Yep. And in this situation, he's forced to stand there like a statue, and they're like, "Oh, well, he certainly stood there like a statue tonight." And even on Monday Night Raw, he's like, "Oh, am I supposed to go in and wrestle him now?" And it's just like any any time that that the uh, that the OC is out there, like, you you know that there's gonna be some buffoonery, like. You just you know that it's gonna come off so stupid, and I feel so bad for them because this is the last thing that they deserve. But right. move, move along. All right, then in the next match, uh, Liv Morgan defeats Ruby Riot in four minutes thirty-five seconds. Special referee for this one is Sarah Logan. At the end of the match, Sarah Logan takes out Ruby Riot. Uh, takes out Liv Morgan. Uh, well, it was a waste of time, especially considering what happened. What happened tonight? Uh, I I th I think I may have been on a bathroom break, so that I can't really comment. <laughs> All right, and then following that, we had Shayna Baszler defeating Kyrie Sane. Now, it was originally supposed to be Shayna Baszler versus Asuka, but Asuka was uh, with an injury, so she was replaced by her Kabuki Warrior tag team partner. This match came off terribly. Just absolutely awful. They gave this match 12 minutes and 50 seconds. I mean, who... I mean, what happened to basic professional wrestling? I know WWE hates that, that term. But I'm going to use it because that's the sport that I love. Professional wrestling. You yeah. Have a, you, have a good, you have a good guy, or in this case, w women. You have... Good versus bad, not bad versus bad. What the, what the hell? You managed to make two of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, because Shayna Baszler's got it, and, and you know you know how I feel about Asuka. I don't have to I don't have to go through that again. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, Shayna Baszler has more wrestling ability than 80% of the women that I've ever seen in this business, and her little pinky, you know, and it's, you managed to make these two women look completely stupid and foolish. What the fuck are you doing? 
All right, and then in the main event, he gave this match 19 minutes and 40 seconds to Berto Carrillo and Rey Mysterio defeating Andrade and Angel Garza. Well, I, I, I really like Andrade and Angel Garza, so I'm, I'm not going to bitch, but it, it's, it's just like, okay, clearly Rey Mysterio is in the mentor role. We, we get it, okay? These are supposed to be the, the next uh, generation of, of Mexican stars. Now, let me tell you, Angel Garza is number one in my my opinion. Uh, that dude's that dude is a stud. Uh, he's got everything. Um, you know, un- unfor- unfortunately, you know, Andrade is very very good, uh, and I, I don't mean this to come off the wrong way, but as long as he can't communicate in English very well. Uh, I don't think he's going to go very far without a manager. He definitely needs one. Um, and for the future, he really, he, I mean, for the sake of his career and how talented he is, I really hope he learns English just for the sake of connecting to the American audience. Uh, this has This has nothing to do with anything else. I just want him to connect with the audience because he's amazing. Um, as for uh, Carrillo, I'm just not. I'm just not seeing it. I. I. I don't. I don't know. Uh, um, okay, and we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna go over two segments that uh, stood out uh, on this episode. First of all, we're gonna talk about the main theme of the night, which was Randy Orton giving an explanation for why he did what he did after Beth Phoenix came out to the ring to give an update on Edge. So Beth Phoenix came out to the ring, gave an update on Edge. That brought out Randy Orton. And Orton ran through every, through basically his history with Edge and explaining why he did what he did and that he did it for Edge's kids so they could have their father back. And so then he tells uh, Beth that he loves Edge and the kids more than she ever has. And then she slaps him and he lays her out with an RKO. Well, well, and, but but before 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 she got laid out with the RKO, she she kicked him. Oh, that's right. She. That's right. I, I forgot. I forgot that part. She kicked him. She slapped him and then she kicked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the kick, he came back up and got and got the RKO. Now, I personally loved this segment um, because, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify this a little bit because I have been on this podcast before and I've said you know intergender stuff I'm uncomfortable with, and I still am. Right. I don't. I don't like it. Uh, I, I want to be very, very clear. I am not backing up on that. Um, but let, let's be honest here. In terms of the emotion that this storyline needs to evoke, and um, and the fact that that Beth Phoenix was willing to do it. And you know, um, she's a very credible wrestler in her, her own right. 
uh, Hall of Famer, whether you agree with that or not. Um, I, I actually love this, and I applaud WWE for this because I honestly I did not think that they would go that far as to allow Beth Phoenix to take an RKO in the current climate that we have going on. Uh, having said that, given everything around it, I actually really enjoyed it. Now, the other segment... Okay, backstage. No Way Jose and his conga line are walking around and they come across Eric Rowan. Oh, God. And No Way Jose walks up to Rowan and asks, politely asks, can we see what's in the cage? And Rowan says, see, that's all I ever wanted. Someone to just politely ask to see what's in the cage. So we get to see what's in the cage. She reaches in, pulls out the most uh, most ridiculous, ugliest, fake-looking spider I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> but what? It actually creeped me out a bit when I when like he pulled the spider out of the cage. I kind of jumped a bit because it, it looked really <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah, I am. Um... I just I was I wasn't feeling that. Um, oh my god! That's... I, I thought you could have done like so many um cool things with that. And to me, I don't even think anybody knew what was going to be in the cage until twenty minutes beforehand. And you know um, what? Hold on, hold on. You want to know what the most ridiculous thing is? Okay, that spider looked so fake, right? Right. Exactly. You but what's ridiculous is when Rowan was facing one of these like enhancement talents and they looked under that uh, cover to see what's in the cage and they came out with blood on their face. Come on. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> so, somebody's not thinking about long term here. <laughs> like a fake spider's gonna bite you in the face, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, see, but see, that's you and I thinking logically, oh and goodness. WWE is not known for doing that. <laughs> yeah, Vince must have been sitting back having a good laugh at that one. He's like, this is good shit. <laughs> no, it's not good. No, it's not good. The only thing good about it is during this segment, I went to the bathroom and had a good shit. <laughs> Ridiculous episode of Raw because it, it kind of was ridiculous. Raw is always like terrible anymore. I'm uh, not gonna, I, yeah. And, and this one, this one was especially bad. I've, um, and it was a go I home heard, show, it was a go home show for the pay per view. And, and what does that tell you about how important this pay per view was? I mean, really, like this, this, this whole pay per view wasn't necessary. I mean, the, you know. Just focus on Russell fucking mania. What a what a novel concept. Oh, God. Uh, but no, but no. The theme of the week was not th- was not that. The theme of the week was not building WrestleMania. The theme of the week was WWE trying to justify giving the Universal Championship to Goldberg. 
I okay, okay. We I have to wait until we get to the SmackDown review. I understand. Now we're we're gonna move on to AEW Dynamite. Ben, take it away. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. TNT. High points and low points. I kind of uh, went through every match there, which we don't usually do, but I, I gotta remember that for next week. Yeah, let me let me uh, pull it up here once again. Once again, you're developing a habit of your face blocking my results. How how, how dare you? Uh, okay. So yeah, I actually I actually thought that um, this was a, a really uh, good show. Clear, clearly, the uh, the the highlight for me was was pr- promos, and that that's the word of the week with uh, with AEW. Uh, and the absolute high point was Jake Roberts' promo. I mean, that was just a masterclass. Um, you know, it, it, the whole thing is, right, professional wrestling is about evoking people's emotion and suspending belief and getting caught up in the story. And Jake Roberts cuts one of the best promos uh, in the history of uh, professional wrestling, period. He has a, he has a history of doing that. He's, he's arguably the best bad guy ever. And he, it, it's amazing to me that in his 60s and looking as good as he does and coming back from everything that he has come back from, and he mentioned that in the, in in the promo. He says it's taken twenty years to get clean, and he's earned this. Uh, he won't be a nice boy and play nice. Um, the whole thing about this promo was amazing, and my number and the thing that I loved the most. It, and why I originally wanted to use my snake tattoo as the uh, as the um, thumbnail for this podcast was he said, "What the snake wants, a, a, a snake takes." And he does. He's not in AEW for the whole pie. He just wants Cody's share. And then uh, I swear to God, this is this is like the simplest thing that you can do in a promo that's going to make me buy into something is, is body language. He goes, never turn your back on someone you're, you respect or afraid of. And he turns his back and he tosses the mic to Cody. And, and, he, and the entire point of this promo was, um, was one, uh, to, uh, to bash Cody for, "Quote unquote," bitching about his loss to MJF, but also tease the fact that he has a client that is 
that is going to face Cody, and and then you'll really find out why uh, Jake has come to AEW. I already know uh, who it's gonna be. Who, who do you who do you think it's gonna be? Brody Lee. Well, I I think I I think that you're exactly right because the other the other name that I'm that I'm hearing that I'm I'm just not buying into is is um is uh Lance Archer. Nope, that's gonna be Adam Page's uh, mystery partner. Yeah, I, that... well, I, I think so too. And um, I I just to to me. To me, Archer doesn't really need a manager because he's just a. He, to me, he's like a hired assassin. To me, he's he'd be more effective and a more convincing assassin than Jeff Cobb was for um, for Chris Jericho and in, in the Inner Circle. Um, so to me, that's not necessary. But I I'd like to see. Um, Brody Lee come in. What 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 I find what I find interesting about Brody Lee is um you know people are always coming in coming in and saying like oh he's gonna be a game changer in AEW. I don't think he'll be a game changer. I think people are are overselling him a bit. I'm not saying he's not talented, but I do I see him moving the needle? Uh, not really. Although I, although I am open to being proven wrong, but at this point, I think Jake Roberts is the needle mover, and I think if Matt Hardy comes in like he should to quote unquote save the dark order because they need they need saving because without him they completely suck. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I'm going to say it again. The dark order sucks. Uh, and 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 needs Matt Hardy quite desperately, um. But I so hopefully, hopefully things work out. But quite frankly, the highlight of my week was seeing Jake Roberts on my TV. There's only one thing I didn't like about Jake Roberts. What's that? Is he needs to fire his barber. Yeah, the hair was weird. The, the hair was weird. Um, <laughs> What's going on? What's yeah, up with that? But I, I no, I no, I think it's just playing into the unbalanced character, and you know, I, I love the fact that you have to like lean in and pay attention to what he says, and you're paying. Yeah, any time he's on the microphone, I just uh, listen to every word he says, and like everything about how he presents himself. From the hair to the um, to the uh, you know to the body language to the voice to the see that's how you cut a promo. You talk. You don't have to screw stand there and scream like a lunatic. Yeah, I mean that to me that was a masterclass in professional wrestling promos. I I love that. Okay, so what 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 are, what are the highlight? The high points did you have? Um, the other the other high point I had is my computer continues to blink. I don't know what's going on there. Um, the other the other high point for me was was uh, John Moxley's opening promo. Um, you know, a lot of 
a lot of people, including me, um, bitch about uh, WWE having like these long-winded uh, opening promos every week. But like for me on this occasion, um, you know, it's very rare that we've seen AEW do that. And, you know, John Moxley as a character um, is supposed to be this this un this unbalanced, you know, crazy, badass, kind of went off the chain, freed from the, the WWE prison. And, and he did come off as that, but what I also liked is that he came off as being very genuine and very much himself without sounding like a complete uh, kiss-ass. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. And then, um, can I can I get into uh, can I get into a low point, please? Okay. And this is and this isn't so much you know from the show. This is just from the week in AEW. Um, because I I noticed this and I, I I did I did find that um that GoFundMe page you were asking me about. Oh God. But um. But Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo. Can we? Can we? Just, okay. I I feel compelled to 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 say something about that. Okay. So just batten down the hatches and and get and get prepared with the edit button. Okay. I am a huge tattoo guy. I have nine of them, and not a single goddamn one of them can be influenced or or talk shit on enough for me to to care what other people say about my 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 choices with my tattoos. And and the the very fact that these AEW fans believe at least one of them, because I know one of them, uh, you know, set up this GoFundMe page to quote unquote help Cody remove this thing. What the fuck? <laughs> you know who? You know? Do I think it's 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 the greatest tattoo in the world? No. Uh, you know, will you ever see me get a neck tattoo? No. Uh, but but ha- having said that, okay, who the fuck are you to tell me that you feel entitled enough to tell this guy that he can't have this? Are you kidding me? And it got to it got to the point, Elio, where he, where I, I don't and I'll send you the link for this one too. Okay. Um, in the follow up uh, episode that was that was um that was posted on on um, on YouTube, both the follow up to AEW Revolution and the Road to Denver. Um, to the Road to De- Denver episode of Being the Elite um, that was uh, also posted on YouTube. Both of these 
went into detail about the tattoo, as if he owes these people an explanation. People, like, people were going nuts over the, over the fact that, that Randy Rhodes doesn't like it. You know, whatever. That's ridiculous. Who gives, I mean, she said it herself. She's man enough to make his own decision. Who gives a fuck? I mean, you know, how, how many bad tattoos, and I'm not saying his is bad because it's, no, it's nowhere near the worst I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Um, you know, I, I think you, you would have to go see uh, Goldberg and Randy Orton's original tribal for that award. Um, but it, or perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, Batista's belly button tattoo. Before he got covered up, but it's just, I cannot believe that I heard so much crap about a man's tattoo. I, 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 and I was just, I heard about the, the, uh, you know, GoFundMe page, but I'm like, surely that doesn't exist. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, surely somebody's had a little bit too much to drink and, you know, made, made a jokey joke and ha ha ha. But just for shits and giggles, I, I was like, okay, let me go take a look at this. Let's see if it actually exists. So I, I typed it in on the little computer. Tell, 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 me pe- tell me people didn't actually donate. They did. Oh my God. But, but mercifully, only $15 had been collected from this asinine <laughs> thing. But, you know, and maybe I'm going a little long, but it's just, I, I cannot believe this. These, pe- these people really need to get a life, especially if you care about a tattoo that's not <laughs> even yours. You know, I have to say... This is, this is, I always say this, this is why I hate wrestling fans. I don't hate fans, I just hate, like, uh, the way they act. Like, they think they, that they deserve, like, everything handed to them. Uh, well, uh, and I, I think, I think you, we, and I think we got enough, excuse me, I'm all tongue-tied from my disgust that we're even having to have this conversation. Um, but, um, you know, and I think we got a taste of that um, at our uh, previous employer, but but it's just to to me it never ceases to amaze me the entitlement that some of these people have, and you know, and that's the bad rap that AEW fans are are getting. They're, they're, they've been uh, pointing, uh, they've been commenting on uh, Nia Jax's recent photo shoot that she put up on her Instagram. Well, well, I, I didn't, I didn't see that one, but I know, I know, Nia Jax takes a lot of uh, unnecessary heat. Now, now, as it relates to that, um, you know, those people are just being assholes. Yeah. Because you know, say what you want about her in in ring work, um, but you you don't have you don't have the right to to go after someone like that that is just to me that's absolutely low class and disgusting um but um 
but yeah, now now that we're uh, now that we're not um, now that we're done going through the highs and lows of of AEW, let's mercifully move on uh, to um, to our NXT review. Well, be well before we do that, uh, let's just take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with that NXT review. Yes. <laughs> We are back and we are going to get into our review of NXT. this week i actually uh really uh really enjoyed it the um the high point for me was uh johnny gargano's uh promo with um with mauro ranallo that was just that was just well done uh like i said the the theme for this week for me was uh promos and i saw uh two of the best i've seen in, in quite a while and um, I, I, I enjoy that. I feel like that's a lost art in, in professional wrestling. So when, when I get a few, a few that really capture my attention and sucker me in, I, I tend to uh, have a deep appreciation for that. Okay, low point. Uh, low point. That, well... Low point for me was uh, was Shazi Blackheart versus uh, versus um, Chelsea Green. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was blanking. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know where they're going with the with the Robert Stone brand, but the the the, um, the idea that that Chelsea Green is now going to be in a number one contender ladder match for the NXT. Uh, women's championship. That's that's a little bit rich uh, for me. That's a that's that's just a little too tough for me to swallow without laughing my ass off. Is that is that a singles match? Or is that just a, is that like a multi-person match? Um. Well. Uh, well. Um, I believe it's going to be multi-person. If uh, oh, okay. If yep. I if I remember correctly from William Regal. Okay. Just sounds like an odd match. Yeah. All right. So, um, for me, um, my low point is it was also Shotzi Blackheart, Chelsea Green, and uh, my high point, however, was the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai steel cage match. Yeah, I, I and I thought that was very very good. Um, I I uh. I really think that it it played into the psychology of, of their feud very well, um, especially especially with the the involvement of um, of Gonzalez and uh, 
I, I, I really wasn't um, sold on her. Um, when she first came in, I was like, who, you know, who is this? And, and like I said on a previous show, I wish they had explained that, but the way that she was, she was used here um, makes me intrigued to see more of Raquel Gonzalez, for sure. Now, on a previous show, I said um, how I, I don't like uh, the pinfall submission because I, I grew up well, where the steel cage match, you either go through the door or over the top. Yeah. However, I'm watching this now. I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know what? That's actually too easy. So I'm not minding Tim Falls and submission to win the match. Because well, over the top of the cage or through the door is too easy. Well, yeah. And like for, for me personally, I always thought the purpose of a cage was to keep every, everybody in and everybody out. Um, so the fact that they got away from that. Um, over the years has really irritated me, which, which is why I had such a, um, such a deep appreciation for how uh, Wardlow versus Cody Rhodes was booked. I, I, I very much appreciated that. All right, I'm gonna, that's our, uh, <coughs> our review of NXT for the week this week. We're going to Throw it over to Ben for SmackDown, and then we will close out the show for the week. Ben, SmackDown. Are you ready? Trust me, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's too damn painful. No, no, no. Uh, I just um, wanted to know where that was in the show because, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, so it, it was right at the top. So so we have, Kev- we have Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, and Scott Hall uh, in, in the ring. And Alexa Bliss is introducing them. Says that they're, they're part of a stacked Hall of Fame class this year. And I have to admit it is pretty stacked. But anyway, um, she goes. She goes on to say that um, all three of them will be uh, two-time Hall of Famers after they are inducted the Thursday before WrestleMania. Blah blah blah. 
So then the, the, the cringeworthy shit begins because Nikki Cross wants to take a, a selfie with, with the NWO. And then after, after, my, after the eye roll from that, then she goes, she jokes with Waltman saying, saying, what should we call you? Because if we call you six, it sounds like we're saying sex. Yes, that line really <laughs> did, really did occur. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I couldn't, conti- I couldn't contain myself. Help, help me. <laughs> I, I was, I literally, I literally said out loud, what the fuck is going on? I was, I was alone in my room, and I said, what the fuck is going on? So then, uh, Did anyone hear you? No, because uh, as I as I've said before, my my parents go to sleep criminally early, so they they, oh, oh. they tend not to not to hear the uh, the stuff that goes on down here, which, oh, I, yeah. which I think on a lot of on a lot of occasions is good thing for them and me. Um, but then after we get the. Uh, the sex comment. Um, we uh, we move on to the, them trying to put over the Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, and you knew that this is why they were out here to begin with. And then, of 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 course, we we get to the fact that Kevin Nash was the one to, uh, to end. Um, Goldberg's undefeated streak, which was a joke, uh, and then uh, he, he he goes, well, maybe maybe Reigns needs to bring a cattle prod and uh, Scott Hall, and then um, the the thing about about Scott Hall, which I found absolutely hilarious throughout this entire thing, was he looked like he didn't want to be there at all. Which brings me to my next point. Then, then out comes, out comes Sammy, uh, Zane, Cesaro, and and uh, Nakamura, and he says that uh, that the NWO was part of his childhood. Blah blah blah. But then he starts, he starts uh, rattling, rattling off about how. Uh, 97 was a great year, but they need to start living in in the present, not the not the past. Perhaps perhaps Vince needs to listen to that line and actually apply it to what his company is doing, because clearly they're not focused on the future if they're trotting out the NWO. Um, let's let's see here. And then uh, this this entire time that Braun is out here, um, you know Nash is just looking pissed off. Like, can I get my paycheck and get out of here? And then and then out comes Braun to put over the aforementioned three on one tag match. Uh, Sammy gets trapped in the in the ring between. Uh, 
between the NWO, who's in the ring, and at this point, Braun Strowman is outside, but he's pinned between a rock and a hard place. Um, so, uh, so Braun and, and everybody uh, from the NWO gets the two sweet as Sami Zayn and company. Yeah, don't, 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 don't do that. Braun was uh, ridiculous when he did that. That... <laughs> yes, uh, I thoroughly appreciate your sound effects because that's what I, that's what I uh, that's what I was thinking. Um, my and my other my other low point. I hate to admit this, but was the Firefly Funhouse because no 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 no. I had I have point here. No, go on. Let, let, let me explain. I didn't, get, I didn't get to see this one yet. The reason why I hated this particular Firefly Funhouse is, once again, we were reminded that WWE completely killed the Fiend character by having, by having Goldberg defeat the Fiend at Super Showdown, which, which I truly believe will go down as one of, if not the worst creative decision since The Undertaker uh, lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, thus ending his undefeated streak. I really think that this is in that same ballpark. Um, but then, then he goes, uh, he's, he's putting over uh, Cena and really explaining why he, he wants to, uh, to face Cena at WrestleMania, saying that, that Cena was the one ruin, ruined him and, and sent him into a downward spiral. And uh, if it wasn't for Cena, the funhouse wouldn't exist. Uh, so he thanks and uh, so he thanks him, but doesn't forgive him. And then another another low point because I was just rolling my eyes at this point because because I unfortunately no longer care about the fiend character because Goldberg killed it, or I should say Vince killed it, which just makes me fucking sick. Um, but then the the ensuing bullshit. Well, I shouldn't say the insulin bullshit, but but the previous week, remember, um, remember John Cena came out and cut the most sickening promo I've ever seen in my life, saying that he doesn't want to take spots away from the young talent, so he's gonna stay off WrestleMania, and then they have they have they have Bray Wyatt come out and point at the fucking WrestleMania sign. Keep in mind, this guy's a monster. He's a demonic clown, and you're having him point at the WrestleMania sign like a fucking moron. And, and then, and then, even worse than that, John Cena tips his cap to the fucking fiend. I I can't breathe. So as this entire as this entire thing is going on, um. In, in the Firefly Funhouse this week, I'm having flashbacks to to his segment with John Cena last week, and the whole thing is just making me sick. And I I just can't believe this because 
because, you know, if you actually pay attention to what he said in the Firefly Funhouse, it makes for a compelling story. But what, what would make this so much more compelling if it was for the championship and actually something was on the line in this match? Which, since it's not, I don't give a shit. Uh, uh, and, and then, and then, if you can believe it, I have another low point. This 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 entire show was a low point because Smack SmackDown is a goddamn embarrassment, and it's the worst show on TV. Um, <clears throat> this uh, this gauntlet match that we have going on here. Oh, was, I know. This this it looks like this took up most of the show. Yeah, it was. Um, let me let me get the the official time for you. Um, according according to the website that I'm seeing, or that I'm that I'm using, this match took up 42 minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. And the the only part that I the only part that I actually gave a single shit about. Um, was was when the was when the final two teams were in the ring, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode and Heavy Machinery, and of course they ruined that tonight at the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Um, but you know this entire this entire uh, this entire match up until. The, up until the ending, which I actually like how they booked the ending with uh, Robert Roode and uh, um, Dolph Ziggler winning, I actually I actually thought that that's how that's how the Elimination Chamber should have ended to set up to set up their match at WrestleMania. But of course, Vince didn't do that and disappointed me again. And bef- before I go completely off the rails. Uh, can you save me and allow me to give SmackDown a grade of a of a Z, as in zero? It absolutely blew. Um, and we will uh, we will save my vocal cords from further damage, and we will wrap up the show right after this. All right, stay tuned. Okay, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Ben, it's been quite a week. What do you say we bring the show to a close? Yes, and I have to. I have to go to bed soon because I have a. I have a workout tomorrow, and I have to get up at nine thirty. Mm, and okay. you know, I just you know, it's been a long night. I did you know. Long week of a lot of wrestling nonsense, and then I had to sit through this elimination chamber, which was, which some of the results I was actually a fan of, but I over overall the show was a waste of time. Uh, didn't need to happen at all. You could have just spent that time building up WrestleMania. Um, and are you are you doing sound effects over there? 
No, no, that's actually uh, outside my window. I don't know who's uh, driving up and down the street. <laughs> well, it sounded like someone was snoring in the background. No, people are being stupid and driving up and down the street at like freaking 12 o'clock in the a.m. Well, well, it, I was going to say, if it had been people snoring, I wouldn't have blamed them at all because that's what I was doing after the <laughs> after this show went off the air. And I, had to, I had to jerk myself awake to come do the oh show this evening. So, so with that, I will, I will end my pain and thank the, thank the listeners very much. And, uh, you know, I hope you made it through okay. Now, be, before we go, though, however, Ben... Here's yeah. a here's an interesting piece of trivia for you. I was looking at the archives uh, earlier today. This yeah. episode tonight is uh, episode number sixty. Yes, I, I and I am I am so excited about that. And um, you know, I th- I think we are really uh, really making some progress, especially with the audio quality and and the, and the new format that we have going on here mm-hmm. and um hopefully hopefully people are enjoying that i'm certainly uh I'm, I'm i'm certainly advertising it more on my social media and uh you know hopefully hopefully with those little subtle adjustments that were made uh we we will start building up a uh a more um active listenership but that being that being said we are very thankful for uh the listenership that we have accrued um so far and uh we certainly thank you for sticking with us through 60 episodes and uh we we look forward to many many more and hopefully down down the line we get to 200 and 300 on up so I am uh, I am looking forward to it, and if uh, if I can stay awake through the majority of those, um, that would certainly be a benefit because Lord knows I struggled with the pay per view this evening. Um, All right. So with that, uh, we're going to close our show for week. Uh, I've been your host, Elio Canella, for the man that's always Pearson Barriers, my co-host Ben Pierce. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, and God bless you for paying attention to us after that shit show.